Hey dog people of the internet, welcome to Cog Dog Radio, a podcast all about dog sports, behavior, and training. I'm your host, Sarah Stremming of the Cognitive Canine, and I can't wait to share my behavior cases, training revelations, and general geekery with you. Let's get started. Today's podcast is a conversation with dog business coach, Erin Moore. She's a former dog trainer who knows all too well the burnout and financial strain that come with this field, which is why I wanted to talk to her about the value of what dog trainers offer. Heads up, Erin and I both swear a lot in real life, and this conversation was candid, so we let it all hang out. If colorful language bothers you, you might want to skip this one. Welcome to the podcast. Will you start by sharing your first and last names and your pronouns? Absolutely. I'm Erin Moore, she, her. So Erin, we decided to get on here and talk about something Mm -hmm. that we both feel strongly about. And Mm -hmm. it's a surprise to anyone who knows either of us that we have strong feelings about anything. (laughs) Yes, we're usually so so quiet about them. (laughs) (laughs) You and I both feel strongly that dog trainers... Mm-hmm. need to be charging appropriate rates for mm-hmm. their services. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel so strongly about this? How long do you have? <laughs> I have so <laughs> many reasons that I feel strongly about this. Um, the top reasons I feel really strongly about this is because dog trainers change lives, right? For canine mm-hmm. lives and human lives. And it is a career that is incredibly physically, mentally, and emotionally demanding. And I see so many trainers burning out because they don't charge enough. And we'll we'll get more as to how that happens in in the call. But I I see so many trainers just leaving the industry because they're they're burnt out. They can't and they end up hating the career that they fell in love with and wanted to help because they couldn't financially make a business out of it. That's one reason. The second reason is that the industry is predominantly women. and money gives us options. And as women, it is so incredibly important to have options so that we aren't reliant on anybody for anything that we, and also when women make money, we tend to put it back into our communities. Yes. And you know, what's interesting, Erin, about dog training being largely I'd say people assigned female at birth, like most, right. Most people in the dog training industry are, were assigned female at birth and largely do identify as women. Yep. And, but there are, there's this subset, there's a small amount of people assigned male at birth who, who identify as men who this is, this could be just my observation, Mm -hmm. but I do see the men charging appropriate rates. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Right. If I look at yep. any given male trainer's website, yep. Um, look at his programs. Mm-hmm. I am seeing living wages being met. Yep. Because that's part of the conditioning mm. that the societal conditioning that we get. And so, so when I say women, I'm talking to anybody who identifies as a woman. That's like that's mm-hmm. who I'm talking to. And like men get very different conditioning than women do. And we get conditioning not to charge appropriately because somehow we should, if we want to charge appropriately, it means we don't care. Right. And that's such fucking right. bullshit. And that affects the veterinary industry. I mean, that affects so yep. many different industries. So many. Yeah. 
So we feel strongly that everyone should be charging appropriate yep. rates. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But let's talk about that burnout thing. Mm. Let's talk about how actually charging, and we can we could get into this too, that we, mm-hmm. we tend to I tend to avoid and you tend to avoid the phrase charging what you're worth. Yes. Yep. So so we're not gonna say like that. Nope. We're gonna we're gonna say charging an appropriate rate for the service you are offering. Mm-hmm. How does that prevent us? from uh, you know obviously besides the obvious that we need to pay our bills but let's say mm. let's pay let's say that you don't need to mm-hmm. like let's say that you are financially okay because of your mm-hmm. partner or because mm-hmm. of some other reason mm-hmm. i still think you should be charging it appropriate yeah yep so let's talk about that burnout piece not just mm-hmm. that financial stability or even kind of a making a societal statement sort of thing but let's talk about that the burnout piece in and of mm-hmm. itself for a minute mm-hmm. and why charging appropriately is a way for us to avoid that. Cause I don't think mm-hmm. it's the only way for us to avoid that, no. but it is an important piece. It makes so a really big about, difference. Talk about what you know about that. So when we charge accordingly, we can, we can end up creating a balance mm-hmm. of how many clients we see, how much we work, how often we're thinking about work. When we're not charging enough, we are filling our calendar with working with clients because we need to to meet our bills or to meet the idea of what the idea of success that we have in our head or whatever that looks like. And that ends up meaning that we don't hit a balance in our business and we don't hit a work-life balance. And when you don't hit a balance in your business, so the 80-20 balance is what I talk about a lot, which means that if you want to be running a business, you need to have 80% of your in-out in work hour time dedicated to working on your business, not seeing clients. So only 20% of your time should be actually seeing clients. Mm. Right. In order to do the admin, the marketing, the sales, the program design, the, the, the training plans, the making sure that, you know, the supporting the clients, all of that stuff that is absolutely necessary needs to be the, the majority of your time. And when you don't have that balance, we end up doing all of that stuff in our downtime, in our, in our, in our weekends. Time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In our time. Exactly. So then we don't have a work-life balance. We're not sleep. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not getting enough rest. We're not getting, and, and it feeds directly into that like capitalist hustle culture that we should be productive all of these ah, fucking hours. And, and that <laughs> has a physical impact and a mental impact and an emotional impact on us. And then if we look at the knock-on impact of that, so now we're working all of these hours trying to do all of these things, our personal relationships are being impacted. Our relationships with our dogs are being impacted. Our relationships with our friends and family are being impacted. Our relationship with ourself is being impacted. And we're not taking any kind of care over a balance as a human being. And that leads, that's a one-way path to burnout, no matter what industry you're in. Absolutely. No matter what it is that you're doing. And mm-hmm. what we're doing is, as dog trainers, is so it takes so much of us yep right if i mm-hmm. show up with if i show up and i'm just giving you a bullet list and not putting my heart into what i'm doing then i'm not the person that you yep. actually wanted i'm yeah. not you know when people work with me it is because of me bringing my heart and my creativity yeah and my compassion to the table yeah and what that means is I then have to have other things in my life that aren't work related yep. 
to refill those cups yeah. for me because I'm pouring them out to my yep. clients all day long, right? 1000%. And so I heard once, I heard a business coach or I'm not even sure if she would identify as a coach, but she, mm. a business expert say mm. once, here's how you set your rates. You first decide how much you can do. Mm -hmm. You then decide, you then figure out how much you need to make mm. and you do the math problem. Mm. And it's not about what Joe down the street is charging. And it's mm -hmm. not about what you think it's worth. It's about mm -hmm. how much can you do? And that's, can mm -hmm. you do with without burning out that's mm -hmm. how much can you do while you are also being a person the rest mm -hmm. of the time mm -hmm. and paying attention to how much admin is involved mm -hmm. yeah because my god that is something that nobody explains to anybody uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody warned us nope. nobody warned us nope. how much time it would take to just run the business and not yeah. be training the dogs and yeah so you figure that out and then you do the math problem rather than agonizing over this person's not charging as much right. as I am. So, yeah. or I think that person is better than me and they're not yep. charging this much. And what am I supposed to do? Yep. You just do the math. So what I tell my clients is basing your rates. Okay. So like you said, we, and I don't talk about it being like charging what you're worth, but for mm -hmm. a lot of people, self-worth and their rates are super intermingled and they need mm, yes. to do a lot of work to kind of untangle that. So when you're looking around what other trainers are charging and basing your rates on that, you are basing your rates on other people's self-esteem issues. Oh my gosh, you totally are because that's how we're all thinking about it. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> and that like when I, when I, when you look at it that way, it's like, well, that makes no fucking sense. Why am I doing that? And so like, I, I also have like a, a formula for people to work out because it's math. And I start with, yeah. what do you need to make? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with, what do you need to make? Because where you live, whether you have a it financial. Varies. It totally Absolutely. varies. Yep. Like and so everybody's needs are going to be different. rich if I lived in Mississippi, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if I didn't live in BC, I would have like oh, double yeah. my income. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, look at what you need to make, then look at how many clients do you want to be working with, right? How many people do you want to be working with mm -hmm. so that you have that good work-life balance and you have that 80-20 balance, then look at what you're offering and what the different pieces are and what those, when you calculate your time into that, um, what each of those pieces, the value of that is, and then you do the math that way. Yes. And you just said a word that I want to come mm. back to, which is value. Mm. Mm -hmm. So rather than worth, what yep. is the difference? What's the difference between value and worth? So, the, I mean, I don't have the, I think like, it's the technical a semantic. Definition. I feel like it's just yeah. the way we feel about the words. Yep. And we see it like to me yeah. and the way that I coach around it is worth talks to who we inherently are. Value mm. talks to what we give and provide. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it's, and I do think that in dog training, we, we don't only tie our rates to our worth. Like that's mm -hmm. the outward reflection yep. of this self-esteem problem that yep. is like the sickness underneath yeah. everything in the industry. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we, that's also why we're constantly producing and constantly working and constantly over delivering. Like, over delivering and mm -hmm. over delivering is perfect and mm -hmm. and like never quite sure that we've made it mm -hmm. in quotations right and that actually has <laughs> that is directly tied to what we charge because when we charge lower mm -hmm. rates 
we, and I see it over and over and over again, when we charge lower rates, we feed imposter syndrome. Yeah. We say for a couple different reasons. We say, right. I'm not there. I'm not yeah. one of those people that yeah. gets to charge. Yeah. That amount. Sure. I don't yeah. get to charge what I need. I need to make do with charging less, but right. also there, oh, oh, I get so excited about this topic. <laughs> we, when we charge lower rates, it feeds imposter syndrome because we have to work with more people, right, to meet those needs like we were talking about. So we, we cram our hours. So we're not getting that balance in there. But when we're cramming in those people and we don't have that 80 20 balance and we're running around like blue ass flies trying to like meet everybody and do all these things, we are not financially, uh, physically, mentally, or emotionally at our peak. So we're not showing up to offer the level of service that we're capable of providing because as human beings, we don't do that when we're under extreme pressure. And when we're charging those low rates, we're creating a, a, a cycle of extreme pressure on ourselves, which means we show up, we don't do our best because we're stressed to fuck. We leave knowing we didn't do our best and feel like, fuck, I didn't do my best, which then feeds back into that imposter syndrome. Also, when there's a value there, like when we're talking about value, clients and a lot of this is subconscious. Clients are typically more committed when they're paying a higher rate. So when we're charging lower rates and we're attracting people who are the bargain hunters, you are attracting a bunch of people who are not necessarily going to have that level of commitment that you need as a trainer from your clients to get the results. And then you walk away going, I'm not a good trainer because I don't get results with all of my clients. Yes. You just said so many things and I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to go down like 500 rabbit holes. But I'm yep. going gonna, gonna to tell one anecdote mm. and we'll go off of that, which is that when I was super young in my career, I was fresh out of undergrad. Mm -hmm. I used to work these ridiculous 13 hour days. Mm -hmm. So I used to work in a dog daycare all day. Mm -hmm. And then I would teach like three and a half, four hours of classes after that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I still didn't have enough money to pay rent and mm -hmm. feed myself and feed mm -hmm. my dogs. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't responsible. I wasn't able to set any of the prices. I was working mm -hmm. for somebody else, right? Right. And I remember reading an article. It was like an article in maybe the Chronicle of the Dog or something, a dog trainer publication that said that was about being a better teacher. It was about being a good group class instructor. And the group classes were where I made the majority of what I made at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was reading it kind of in, in the like 10 minutes that I had between this and that, and I was going to go teach. And it said, you owe it to your students to show up rested and fed. And Aaron, I went in the back and cried <laughs> in a kennel yeah. because I was neither rested nor fed. Nor fed, yeah. Ever, ever yeah. when I walked mm -hmm. into class, ever. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it was a turning point for me. Yeah. That I knew that, you know, I always knew that wasn't sustainable. But what I thought right. was that if I just hustled enough, enough. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we get told. Just hustle right? more, You're and you'll it'll the, the magically you know, fix like itself. I yeah, like if I just hustled enough, I would get there. Yep. And I would get to the place where I was making enough money and I yep. would be okay. Yep. And I just, I was like, oh, except that the hustle is hurting my work. Yes. And we don't make good decisions when we're hustling. No. Because hustle ultimately comes from a place of fear. 
right? And we don't make good yeah, decisions. Scarcity, scarcity yeah. mindset, yeah. And when we're in a place of fear and exhaustion, we don't make good decisions. And, and you know, here's the thing too, if you need to have surgery, do you want the surgeon who's just coming off a 48-hour shift who is operating on sugar and adrenaline and who or do you want the surgeon who's just come back from 7 days off and is rested right. and right. it's exactly the same for every single one of a dog trainer's clients. Yes, it is. And we have to start respecting ourselves in our field yeah. and and the the job that we do enough because you just said surgeon and the reason you're using that analogy is because everybody understands how important a surgeon's job is right yeah your job is not less important than that nope. as a dog trainer no because you're not still affecting course. lives yep. you're still majorly affecting lives in the and, life and way in a lot of cases too yes mm -hmm. and it is so so important so charging an appropriate rate then mm -hmm allows for there to be a caseload that allows you to then be fed and rested when rested. you show up for that caseload. Yes. And I also want to, oh, there's so many things, so many rabbit holes. So first one, that yes, it allows you to be fed and rested and providing the absolute top-notch stellar fucking service that you're capable of providing when you are fed and rested. Mm -hmm. But this is a big perspective shift for people too. When you are charging accordingly and you have freed up that time and that mental space, it also allows you to help more people rather than less people. Because when you have that time and space, mm -hmm. you have the time, the space, and the financial resources to get help with your business, to learn how to run a business, to scale up so that you aren't just working with how many clients can I shove into a day, where you can actually learn how to put together a business that reaches more people on a level that helps more people and more dogs without it taking up more of your time. Right. And it's not really a numbers game. Like it is a no. quality situation. Yeah. yeah. I talk about the number because I know a lot of trainers that, that like what I hear from them is, yeah, but if I'm charging more, I'm helping less. And there's just so many people who need help. So it's really important right. to recognize that a, firstly, you can't help everybody, but secondly, that you actually help more people when you charge more, not the other way around. And the way I look at it is that I recently revamped my private coaching program. It costs a lot more than it used to because of that. It's a better service. I'm yeah. giving, I am actually giving better help yep. than I was able to give before. Yep. Which means that these people get their help and move on faster. Yep. And it is remarkable how many more people and dogs I will be able to help that way. Yeah. And when we, don't you think that taking on this like global, but all the dogs need help and I have to help all the dogs yeah. like responsibility mm -hmm. is so directly tied to then not charging enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is, it's, it's just because <laughs> that mindset of I have to give, I have to help mm -hmm. is it's not a business mindset. Like yep. the business mindset is I'm providing a service. Mm -hmm. The like savior mindset. Mm -hmm is completely different. It is. And there's, there's so like, there's so much gray area that we need to discover because the two are also not, they don't need to be separate. Like you can provide sure. a really good service mm -hmm. um, 
and help more people at the same time. It doesn't have to be, well, I'm going to provide a really good service and scale down the number of people that I'm helping. Like it doesn't have to be either or, but I personally think that that, that savior mindset in for every trainer that I've ever spoken to about it is a trauma response. Yeah. <laughs> It was for me. Aren't we such a collection of, tra- <laughs> yeah. of traumatized, chronically yeah. Yeah. <laughs> individuals in this yeah. field? Y'all, that is not an accident. <laughs> no. Well, it's like, I think, I forget which book it was. It might've been The Body Keeps the Score, where they talk about um, careers with animals attracting people with trauma um, as, yeah, a, as a way of trying book. to heal yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and the thing is, and, and so I get why it happens and I get that feel. I mean, I did that, right. I did that in my, like mm-hmm. most of my dog training career before I learned what I know now. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we feel like we have to be giving and giving and giving and giving and helping because nobody else will, but stop for a minute and look around the industry at all the nobody else's who are doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> right? And then look at, just because you're working with someone doesn't mean you're actually helping them. That's an important distinction too. So true. Yes. And I think that comes down to, again, you know, the cycle when we're not charging enough is that we take everybody that knocks yep. on our door. Yep. And that's really dangerous too, because yep. I, I mean, I'll read an email every, almost every day, Aaron, and go, this is not a case for me. Yeah. Yep. Almost every day I get emails that I'm, I know this is not a case for me. Mm-hmm. And I refer them out mm-hmm. and I am not precious about it. And I'm yep. not even precious about who I send them to. I say, if I have a person I know mm-hmm. in their area or a person I know that can help great, that's the name I give mm-hmm. them. But half the mm-hmm. time I don't. Yep. And I say, here's some options for you. Yep. According to my colleagues, mm-hmm. please reach back out if you need, you know, you know, et cetera. And that's such a huge part of what I do is yeah. just going yeah. not for me and off you go. Yep. And there's a whole ethical piece to that too that comes up for me because like I was the same. I was in that place of scarcity and desperation and taking every client, even when at the beginning I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fucking help you. Like, I just, I don't know, but we're going to try because you're asking for my help. So, and, and truthfully, like the world is full of different people for a reason. Like we all have our strengths. We all have, you know, our connection with different people. We all have our, and so when we are looking for, our people that we can really help. First, you have to know who they are and what that looks like to be able to find them. But when you're you're discerning like that and you're raising your rates and you're only working with those people, you're operating, I think, you're operating from a place of real integrity and, and ethical clarity of, I only work with yeah. people that I know that I can help and not taking everybody on. And we only get to that place when we know our niche and we're charging more. Which knowing your niche, that's another topic that yeah, we other one. Could, we could talk about for a very long time and we probably will at a later date. <laughs> and so what I'm wondering is like, what are these actionable steps that if you're a dog trainer and you're looking at your programs, like for mm-hmm. instance, very recently on Facebook, there was a thread about, Hey, everybody charge, charge more. Hey, everybody, mm-hmm. you should, you know, I, I wish you would all charge more. And then some, I mean, some very, very well-known, very well-respected people showed up in the thread and were like, holy crap, I'm not charging near mm-hmm. what, you, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, to an astonishing level. Yep. And 
I almost feel like then again, it's like cyclically problematic when people yep. show up and they're like, but I only charge this. this yep. So it helps all of us. It helps yep. all of us. And it also me giving referrals to all these other fantastic trainers, because mm-hmm. I know this isn't a case for me mm-hmm. and letting them decide if it's a case mm-hmm. for them is something that again, comes from just comes from integrity yeah. rather than no, it's mine. They came to me yep. first. Yep. It feels so good. Yeah. Send those cases on away. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you I said there, wish for everybody to have that feeling. Yeah. That, that, that peace of mind of operating out of integrity rather than, than from fear. Mm -hmm. But you know, one of the things you said there is a really important point that I think a lot of trainers don't recognize because I see that the discussion all the time, you know, this discussion of why will people pay $4,000 for a dog, but they won't pay my rates. And it's because collectively trainers have tanked the value of dog training by charging so little. My God. So people pay $4,000 for a dog because that's just what it fucking costs. Mm Mm-hmm. And they won't bulk at it because it's not a, well, let me go see if I can find Joe Breeder down the road that's cheaper. I mean, yes, there are, you know, we get into the whole like ethical breeding and all of that, which is another conversation on its own. But when it is presented as this is just generally the cost, people are like, okay, cool. That's just generally the cost. Whereas when you are charging, when you are, and this is why we go back to like, you were talking about trainers who necessarily don't need the money because, you know, they're, they have a partner or they have a whatever they still need to be charging more because we are all in this together. And collectively, when you are like, well, I don't need it, so I'll charge less, you are tanking the value of what you do for clients looking for a trainer. And then you get the the clients who are like, well, why would I pay this amount when I can charge less? Because what we say to the general public, to other trainers, to potential clients with our rates is, this is the value of what we do. This is, for me such a hot button like passion issue because Mm -hmm. I will get this email hi I'm interested blah blah this is my situation I go okay this is a situation I could be into here's how I work here's what it costs yep they will come back and say I literally you know I I will have people use the phrase sticker shock I will have people say you're charging three times what yep I thought based on, based on all of these other people's websites and based on all, you know, et cetera. Yep. And, you know, I send those people along with the, (laughs) I say, you're so welcome to, you know, use somebody else. But what happens when, when this is the conversation is you're, you're exactly right. If I'm shopping for a specific service of any other kind, Mm -hmm. And I'm finding a huge disparity in prices. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do with that as a consumer? Mm-hmm. But also, what do you consider? So consider for a fact you're car shopping, right? Mm-hmm. And you see two vehicles. They're same year, same model, pretty similar. Um, everything looks the same on the outside. One of them is, I don't know, $15,000 and one of them is $2,000. What's your first thought? about the $2,000 car. My first thought is there's something wrong with the $2,000 car. Bingo. Exactly. That's exactly what happens in a consumer's mind. And I think that now what's interesting though, is if there are 10 cars on the lot and nine of them are $2,000 and one is 15. Mm-hmm. Now you go, why is the 15 so special? Right. And that's right? a mindset piece too, because for me, I'm like, 
I want that $15,000 because what's different about that? What's more about that? What's in what's there? What's more about that one? What's yeah. better about that one? Yeah. Right. And that's, but when I was at the beginning of my like money mindset journey, I totally would have been like, no, that's out of my budget. I want the $2,000 one. Right. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. really also about who you're attracting as a client. Right. Completely. And it comes then again back to when people are paying more for something. Yep. That's a choice that they're making. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have clients in a lot of different financial situations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who all still choose to pay the same rate. Yep. Because, like you just said, it's a money mindset difference. Yep. It's not a, yep. it's a mindset difference, not necessarily yep. a financial. Status. No, it's a value difference. mindset. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I do think this is another, um, this was a thread that got me really heated um, <laughs> on the internet. I tried to just not read any of this, but then here, here I go. Then it happens again. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that I'm actually, I'm just going to say the details. They, they mm. said separation anxiety specialists are charging too much money and normal people can't afford to treat separation anxiety in their own dogs. And this is a, this is a problem. And you are, you know, this is a, this is a class issue and this is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And normal people should have access to good care and yada, yada. And I basically just stood up and said, you know, here's the thing. Capitalism has royally fucked us all. Mm -hmm. And it's not my responsibility to fix that. Mm -hmm. So I can't, so I charge such a rate that if I choose to offer somebody a sliding scale, if I choose yep. to offer them something for less, yep. I can. Yep. That's the, that is the biggest piece that is a shift for people to make is that when you, cause I agree. I used to struggle a lot with that piece when I was first learning to raise my rates of like, mm-hmm. why should only people who make a certain amount of money have access right. to my help? Like, how is right. that fair? It's not, I don't like that. I don't like um, it. It's yucky. It's, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was, and I'll just use my own example, when I was a trainer who was charging rock bottom prices, trying to, you know, help everybody and reach everybody and, and make sure I was accessible to everybody, I actually made myself less accessible because of all the things we already talked about in terms yes. of like not yeah. being mentally, physically, all of that stuff. But I couldn't do a fucking thing to help because I had no time. I had no money. Right. Yeah. When I raised my rates and I started becoming more discerning, I was able to open a scholarship program for people who really needed that financial thing. I was able to donate to charities that are important to me. I was able to uh, put aside money for um, clients coming in who really, really, really need the financial help and offer them that, that sliding scale if and when that was needed. I was able yes. to help more. And like I was talking about at the very beginning, because money gives us options. And when yeah. we see money as the enemy, that's problematic. Like capitalism is, it fucking sucks. It yeah. absolutely fucking sucks. But I believe we actually change capitalism by making money and using that money in ways to help our communities rather than buying fucking penis rockets. And, and it is actually space. the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is actually the only thing that anyone as an individual can do. Yes, exactly. And make it's money, money or time. To give more. Yeah. Yes. And it's money or time. And if you yeah. don't make enough money, you don't have time. So you can't do any of it. Right. And it's not helpful when you are burning yourself out in the name of not contributing to capitalism. It is helpful when you have resources, whether they're financial or time resources, to actually go out there and make a difference. Yes, it's huge. I mean, this is the way out. The way out of the capitalist hellscape is to 
charge enough money that we can then put money back in to the community, yep. offer, offer lower rates to somebody who you feel needs it and is here and ready to do the work and showing up to do the work yep. because you can, because you're charging appropriately elsewhere. Yep. As well as if you are a person who, because we're kind of talking from a business owner standpoint yep. here, there are still a lot of dog trainers who are employed, who are making, and not as many. And there's a reason there's not as many. And I'm just, I'm going to tell you the reason right now, which is that they're not making a living wage in their employment. Yeah. And when I just saw an advertisement um, for a company looking to hire trainers the other day, and they're looking for somebody who's experienced mm -hmm. and they're charging minimum wage, you know, without going too deep into the problem of the minimum wage, not being mm -hmm. the living wage. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that is a huge problem too. And so it all comes back to charging more because if you as a business owner cannot pay your trainers better than that, it's your business model that's the problem. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's that's capitalism right there. That's why yes. we are seeing the amount of people like during COVID who are like, actually, fuck it, I'm not going back to work because I for know. that way. Like that's why we're saying, and I, I love that. I'm like, that's fucking fantastic. More yes, people go start up. businesses. Go like, yeah. But that's the problem. If your business model cannot like pay living wages, then the business model is the problem. And again, as a business owner or as a dog trainer, you know, it's interesting you talk about minimum wage because most trainers that I know who run, well, most dog trainers, when they come to me before they worked with me, um, when they look at, when we break down what their hourly rate actually like calculates to, yeah. they're making less than minimum wage. They're making nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they're, absolutely they're, nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're and working so as, 80 hours a week. They're making like $5, five an bucks an hour. hour. Yep, <laughs> yes. Totally. Yep. And, and then wonder why they're angry and resentful. Yeah, such like, a question. Right? Mm -hmm. And I know too, like when we talk about giving back to the community, so, and yeah, to tie into what you were talking about, like having the time to do all that fucking admin shit that nobody wants to do. When you charge accordingly, you can pay someone to do that. Now you're providing a job for somebody yeah. else that's paying a living wage. You can, like I, my, it's me and my dogs. And we support a house cleaner who comes in a local you know, house cleaner who comes in, a company to pick up the poop for my dogs because I fucking hate doing that, mm -hmm. a person to do my admin, a person to do my taxes, a person to do my, uh, my yep. module building. There's a couple of others that I'm... And I will pay top rates for that because I can afford to do that because I charge my clients accordingly, which means I can be giving amounts of money yes. that actually make a difference to other small businesses. Which goes, it's again goes straight back into the community community yep yep it's so important so charging you know basically looking at the value of what you're offering yep and charging according accordingly yep is good for us it's good for the industry at large yep it's good for us as individuals yep a lot of my listeners are the other end a lot of my listeners are the clients right it's good, good for them for, too. It's good for you all too. Yeah. For so many of the reasons we've already said, yep. you want your dog trainer fed and rested when they show yep. up. You want them mm -hmm. able to give their best. Yep. You want them giving back into the community, I hope. Okay. What are some other reasons? Like why, if you're seeking dog training, should you not be a bargain shopper? 
so the, the things that you discussed too, but also trainers who charge higher rates and have that time and money balance also tend to have the time and money to invest more in their own education, which means the information that you're getting is more up to date. They have more of it. They're, you know, they can go to the conferences. They can spend the time doing that rather than, okay, well, which conference am I going to pick this month? They can do all of them if they want to, because they've got the money and the time. So as a, as a customer, you are get you're more likely to be getting more up-to-date, better, more information from a, a trainer who charges more. From a, a consumer perspective too, though, it's not just trainers that need to be giving back to our community. As a customer, we need to be doing that too. And so when we are in a position to financially pay more for such a valuable service, knowing that that helps a small business who's then going to have a knock-on effect of helping the people who can't afford it, that mm -hmm. is really fucking important. We are all in this together. And the, the capitalist, like westernized mindset of I'm out for me and fuck everybody else is so damaging. And that as a, as a client is a way that you can have big societal change. Yes. You can actually make a difference by yeah. paying a small business yep. a reasonable wage. Yep. I love the education piece. I think that's so important yeah. because I do hear a lot. I can't afford yep. to go to this conference. Yep. I can't afford to attend that course that I think yep. would make me better. Yep. And not just on the behavior side. Like this is a fucking bugbear for me, the, the amount of trainers that will spend money on behavior education and not on business education, because yeah, big as, a, as a client, you want a, a dog trainer who's charging more because chances are they've worked with a coach and that's helped them like shift their, their business. Mm -hmm. um, or it allows them to work with a coach to make sure that their business is set up in a way that is sustainable so that they can keep helping people going forwards, which means that you can keep working with them for as long as you need to. And your next dog that comes along or your friends and family that need that help and support, you can allow them to get that business help too, to run a business and stay in business so that they keep helping. It's all just literally one big circle. <laughs> Everything is flows back into itself. And the other, yep. the other thing that I do state is that a lot of the time is that here's what here's something that's unfortunate in our industry, which is that I wish this wasn't true, mm -hmm. but oftentimes what something costs doesn't necessarily reflect what you're getting. Nope. Because like you said, just charging nothing has tanked the value of the industry. Yep. So yep. you can have, you know, I'm thinking specifically of a very top-notch colleague that I know is charging a fraction of what she mm -hmm. should, mm -hmm. you know, a fraction of the value of what yep. people are going to get. Yep. And they could spend four times as much on another colleague I could literally name. Yep. You just won't do that. Who I know is not providing the same value. Same. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And yep. it is that whole, you know, you should, I would love it if we expected to pay a certain amount so that again, people stop freaking out about this and stop freaking mm -hmm. out about charging. Mm -hmm. But it's the other piece about not being a bargain hunter is like, rather than looking at the prices, look yep. at the service. The yeah. Person. What are you getting? Who yep. is this person? What are you going to get? Yep. yep. Ask do they them, align with your ethics and do your they values? Align with your values like, right. Yeah look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Look for your dog trainer that way, rather than looking at what they're charging, because you may not be able to tell what yep. it is that you're getting by looking yep. at what the price is. Absolutely. And I wish that well, was different. 
that's the thing that I talk to my clients a lot about because I actually coach coach my clients not to have their prices on their website. Mm-hmm. And people like this is a it's like a hot button topic that one. But the it reason is, yeah. for that is and my views on it is it's actually more ethical not to put your rates on your website because of that exact reason. People are going to look at your rates in comparison to Joe Blow, dog trainer down the road who's charging pittance, and they're not going to understand the value of what you offer because they have no idea. You can't explain that to them until you're talking to them and figure out can you actually help them. And so people are not accessing help that has massive value because they're looking for a price or they're looking at the price and they're they're switch uh, like just going past trainers who could really really help them because they're looking only at the price yes and when you put your price there it just gets factored into everything that they're looking at when they're looking at you and if we want them to shop a different way if we want them to shop based on who can help me in the way that I want to be helped yep then I didn't hear a and what's it going to cost question in there Mm we can get there next. Yeah. Right. And again, I think that thinking of other services sometimes helps us here. Like if I'm looking for say a therapist, do I need to know what they're going to charge? I do. But Mm -hmm. the first thing I need to know is, do they have expertise in the thing that I'm facing? Yep. Then I need to know, do they work within the modalities that I'm interested in working in? Yep. And, you know, if they're checking all my boxes and then I get to the price and I'm like, wow, that's a lot, I'm, I'm probably still going to pay it, right? Because, yeah. I, because I still think this is the person to help me. Because you've looked at the thing, the value before the cost. Yes. Right? When you look Fair at the cost that. first, mm-hmm. most people that don't even think to look to the value past that if you are in the habit of shopping on price or on cost. Right. And if we go back to if I'm looking at all the cars on the lot and I've yep. picked, I've picked the one that yep. I think is really going to work for me. Yep. And then you tell me the cost. Yep. I'm probably going to pay that. Yeah. If I'm capable yeah. of paying it, I'm probably yes. going to because I've already yep. picked the one that works but for me. Know, let's even talk about that if I'm capable bit because there's, there's ah. again, there's some gray area in there too. And yeah. I, I'm not talking about the people who are genuinely financially struggling because there is there, like our yeah. world is is fucked in so many ways that totally. contributes to a lot of people's start. I'm not talking to that to that group. I'm talking about the people who, you know, I just think about clients over the years for me who have saved up for a couple of months and then come back to work with me Absolutely. or who have, you know, like I will never, ever, ever work with a client who's like, well, I can either put food on the table or pay your fees. Like, no, then you're no. not ready to work with me. And that's right. not like, you're you're not my audience. But people who... You know, I had one woman, blew my mind. She she was like, you know what? The value in what you do and how you can help me is enough that I'm going to sell my RV to pay for your course. And I was like, whoa, are you sure? Because that, she's like, yeah, right. I, like the value for me and the two. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, great. So people will find the money for things that they find value in. By and large, yes. Like if yeah. you are feeding yourself, et cetera. Yes. And that's how, course, you know, yeah. I'm going to say, Erin, that I, I would say the vast majority, like, 99 point whatever percent of my clients mm. need to make sacrifices in other areas sure to then pay for the work that we do but th- that's just fucking life and that is yes that's just fucking life if you don't expect to do that then 
then you just may be getting a different service. You may, you know, again, you may just be going a different direction. And when we don't allow, you know, what I tell my clients is your, your client's financial situation is none of your fucking business. No, it's not. Like, and I actually, not- when somebody finally said that to me, when I was waffling over raising prices yeah. <laughs> over and somebody said, have they given you any indication that you need to be agonizing this yeah. hard? Yeah. And I'm like, your business. Oh. yeah, no. Yeah. Absolutely. And here's the thing. When we try to like lower our rates because, oh, well, you know, I don't want, I don't want it to be a stretch for people, or I don't want them to have to make sacrifices. You are setting the scene for them not to do their work. You are setting the scene for them to expect you to do everything, to expect you to wave a magic wand. You are attracting those people who want you to fix their problem and are unwilling to do that because you have from the very beginning said, oh my gosh, let me make this as as simple and easy and I'm going to make do all of your work for you. Why the fuck aren't my clients doing their work? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a client communication thing too. I mean, that's just another, that is a huge soapbox for me is like, do not want to hear that your clients are non-compliant. Yeah. There's no such thing as a non-compliant client. I don't want to hear it. No. There is no such thing. I don't want to hear it. Yep. There is lack of communication, lack of appropriate expectations being set. There is, I mean, there's- And working with the wrong people. And just, yeah, not working yeah. from your integrity and taking the right clients for you. Mm-hmm. And so again, yes, like their financial situation, not my problem. When in the initial conversations between us, they mm-hmm. try to make that my problem, mm-hmm. I know instantly they're not for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here's the I thing. Just, like, and I just no... send them off with a kiss. I say, and here's a list of yep. other resources that you Good can Good luck look to at. you. And I think it's that gray area too, that's so hard for people to find because when you think in a very black or white way, which so many fucking dog trainers do, it's really hard to see that gray area of making sure that people are willing and able to find the money to work with you is a part of your niche, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is not the same thing as carrying judgment for people who aren't there or carrying judgment for people who don't have those financial resources or who won't see the value in it and and won't find that money. Just because we choose to have people who, because here's the thing too, for me working with dog trainers, if I am working, and I've made this mistake so many times too, like I I have brought someone on who's struggling a little more financially than is ideal for me and a client. And I'm like, well, let's help them. And they will not get results because they are operating out of a place of financial fear all the time. And you don't make good decisions in that place. You're not going to do the work because you're so busy surviving that you can't actually do the rest yes. of the work. Right. So yeah. it like when we are, when we're not giving our clients the opportunity to be grown ass adults who make their own fucking decisions about the money, we end up bringing in clients who are in that place of scarcity and fear. And if someone is in that place of scarcity and fear on spending the money on dog training, they're thinking about the money they spent not on the work that they have to do with their client, with their dog. There's so much there. And when I circle back to the clients, if you find the trainer that you feel like is right for you, but it is genuinely not in the cards for you right now. Yep know that then that means they're not actually right for you. Like yeah, it yeah. is okay yep. to then reach for the resources that are. Yes, exactly. Because again, if you're in this place of survival, mm-hmm. you don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. 
and we have to, to get out of that first. Also do yeah. that work. Right. And I do feel for um, people because I've, number one, I've been that person. Yep. I have so many friends or this person, th- yep. these people who are, they're truly financially struggling. And then they yep. also find themselves with a dog that is a big problem for a yeah. lot of reasons, because again, yep. and honestly, <laughs> That that's not an accident that that happens so often oh, either, nope. right? Because it's that here's what I can help in the world. Yeah. This yep. animal. Right? Yeah. And yeah, now we're coming from all of these places of scarcity and fear. I don't have the solution for that, but there's it's a bad thing all around. You know, I think that's really important right there. When you said, I don't have the solution to that, that is such a mindset shift that a lot of trainers need to make that we don't have the solution for everything. We can't make it perfect. Yeah. We can't fix you, all what, of this you, all wait, of the way. You're saying that I can't fix everything? <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. Free coaching for you right there. <laughs> my, my, my most, my biggest gold star I ever got in therapy was when I said, I don't want to try to fix everything for other people anymore. Yeah, and my therapist good. was like, that's a really big decision for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> As a fellow person that you just made. Yep, that's huge. And and, and again, it's finding that gray area because that doesn't mean, you know, me saying, because I feel the same way. And like me saying, I don't want to fix everything for everybody all the time anymore is not the same as me saying, I don't give a fuck about other people. Not right. That's not the same. same, Right. Not even close to the same. Nope. Nope. And And I care a lot. I care. Yeah the most amount. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. and, and when I honestly think charging more reflects that caring rather than the other way around. Because yeah. if you're taking care of you and your business, you can help the people that you can help. If you're not taking care of you and your business, you're not actually helping in the way that you think you are. You can burn the fuck out and now you can't help anybody. And I was, I mean, I was on that fast track. Me too. I actually left the industry because of it. I burnt out. I left for about a year um, because of it. And that was a whole kind of different soul destroying for me, like going back and working in corporate for a year. And I was like, I can't, nope, I can't fucking do this. So I have to figure (laughs) out a better way to run a dog trading business. So I came back and figured it out. But, you know, and the, the the thing too, when you were talking about, you know, if, if as a client, it's genuinely not in the cards for you to work with that particular trainer, there are some options, you know, there's, there's saving up for a couple of months, but like the most important thing too, then we come back to if as a trainer, you're charging enough and you have the time, you can provide free resources to help those people. Like this podcast, nobody who's running around charging bottom dollar and trying to fill their days has time to do podcasts like this. My free Facebook group that I give, the webinars that I do, all of that free value that I give out there, I'm able to do because I have the time and the emotional space to do so which I didn't have when I was running around trying to help everybody. I had no fucking time. So that's another way as a client, you can, there are so many free resources that are only really available from people who are charging accordingly. That is so important and so true. And the other thing is that when I get somebody saying, you know, I, here's, here's my problem. And then maybe we get to the conversation where they're, they move on because they say, you know, that it's too much for them to spend right now or whatever. I'm, I'm able to, without any bitterness or mm-hmm. anger, say, don't forget to, you know, put this word in the search bar on my website, because you will find everything I have for free yeah. on that specific yep. thing. Yeah. 
And sometimes I get emails that people open with, I'm not sure I can afford to do this. Yep. This is what's going on. Yep. And I'll make sure and say, have you done this yet? I like, have you put this, the word reactivity or the word socialization or whatever yep. in the search bar on my website yep. yet? Because you'll see yep. everything I have for free yep. that way. Yep. You and know how many... Sorry, carry on. Yep. No, I just, that, that is it. Like yeah. we, I have, it's so self-feeding Yep. The podcast does more for my business than anything else, yeah. even though it's for free. Yep. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the it thing is when we, when we are charging accordingly, it's a big shift in our, in our mindset around it too, which means that we understand, like for me, marketing is, is about adding value for people's lives. It's adding value and developing relationships and people getting to know you and then deciding, yes, you're the person that I want to work with. But you cannot actually give that good value and approach marketing from an ethical standpoint if you are desperate for money because that desperation is going to right. come through in all of your fucking marketing. And it. it is so transparent. It. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yep. And you know how many calls I have had with potential clients who start the call saying, I don't think I can afford this. And then at the end of the call, they're like, okay, cool. I'm in like it's, yeah. it's, that. Yeah. I can't afford it. Piece is such a big like defense mechanism for fear for all human beings. Right. Yeah. Rather than an accurate statement. And again, I'm not talking about the people who genuinely can't afford it. But again, if you really want to be helping those people, you need to be charging more for everybody else. But yeah. for, for a lot of people, that's that's a knee-jerk fear reaction of, I don't think I can do this. And I'm going to use money as an excuse for that. Ooh, I think that's huge. I have mm -hmm. caught myself doing that. Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have caught myself saying, XYZ costs too much. When in reality, if it was something my dog needed, I would have done it yesterday. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. that means it doesn't cost too much. Yep. It means that I'm not ready to put in the work, do the, sure. do the stuff. Like I have a personal trainer now. We've been working together for a year. This hmm. is something that I did not do for a really long time mm -hmm. and could easily blame it on cost. Of course. And that was never the real reason. Yep. yep. <laughs> that was never the no, real it, reason. No, it's yeah. very, it very seldomly is when we're talking about a group of people who have disposable income to, to you know, mm -hmm. to be able to use. And the what little, little thing that sh helped me shift my mindset around it was I very deliberately made the choice to stop talking about cost and start talking about value in it. So if I wasn't going to buy something, I would phrase it as, I don't see the value in this for me right now, rather than I can't afford it, or I don't want to spend that money. And that was a massive shift for me internally to help me really recognize where my decisions around what I was spending came from. I think that is a take home kind of for everybody mm -hmm. listening is ask yourself, rather than saying, I can't afford that, say, I don't see the value in this for me right now. And I think to kind of wrap us up, Aaron, because we could go on for days. <laughs> for days. Sure, if we, I think that the large message here is dog trainers, we have tanked the value in our own industry by yep. not charging enough. We have created burnout. We have yep. created such massive problems with yep. mental yep. health and yeah. so many problems in our industry. Yep. Simply by not charging appropriate yeah. rates take that home. Look at your business model. Yeah. If you need help figuring out what you're supposed to be charging, I'm going to give you Aaron's information at the end of this podcast. Yeah. There are people out here who do this. There are people yeah. out here who help you 
make your business yep. into the into a business for God's sake, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then clients ask yourself, where's the value? Ask yourself, what's the value? When you're looking into working with a trainer, mm-hmm. any trainer, find the value. If you're not sure where it is, dig deeper. If you feel like this is the right person for you, dig deeper. I think what the, I think the reason the podcast has done so much for me is because people already show up kind of knowing who I am and trusting me. Exactly. Yep. It's relationship Um, building. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that, then you've got that, you know, again, making your business a business would also involve relationship building through your marketing, making sure that that's where you're coming from, not desperate, please buy my things. Yep. 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 Absolutely. It never works out you. the way that you want it to. And then it just it becomes annoying. You get snoozed on Facebook. I yep. nobody likes those ads. And so those are kind of our big take homes. So Aaron. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want to know more about this? Uh, they can find me on my website. Uh, and I'll, uh, you'll have the link for them in the show notes for that through my website. Um, I have a podcast that I am launching in, yes, uh, just in about three this. weeks. <gasps> so excited. Uh, so that'll be the business end of the leash podcast. And then I've got a free Facebook group, the business end of the leash for, for trainers who nice. want to get to know me and get a feel for me and what I do and get some questions answered. So awesome. We will have all of that information for everybody. I'm very excited about your new podcast. And Me too. that's going to be, that's going to be a big one. Oh, by um, the way, I'm inviting you to come talk on my podcast too. So we'll yes, do this. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we yeah. can talk about pricing. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> We can do that. Um, awesome, Aaron. Thank you so much. This has been a thank ton you. Of fun. I really, I really enjoyed it. it. Yeah, thanks for the space to talk about it. Everybody, that was Erin Moore. I'll link her information in the show notes. And I do hope that if what she said resonated with you, you will check her out. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. If you'd like to support this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash cogdogradio. You might even hear me answer your question on the show. For more content like the stuff you heard here, check out my online courses at cog-dog-classroom.teachable.com.